y'all, I, I, it's, it's Memorial Day weekend. Um, what that means is that we honor the people that have given their lives to, for our freedom. And so here's what I want. If you have someone directly connected to you, um, a son, a daughter, a mom, a dad, an uncle, in your family, directly connected to you that has given their life in service for our freedom in the military, would you stand? Come on, right now. If you have someone directly connected to you. Come on, church family. We can do better than that. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That was not only their sacrifice, that was your sacrifice. You lost someone that you love. And uh, hey, I want to do this. I know it's Memorial Day, but I want to spend just a minute praying for our military. And so if you would bow your heads and close your eyes and just join with me. Can we pray for the United States military? Heavenly Father, we just come to you right now. God, I thank you, Lord, for the people that have given their life for my freedom. I thank you that you allowed me to be born and raised in a country that's free. And that freedom was not free. It was a price. I thank you for the men and the women that paid that price so that I could be free. And Father, I pray right now for the men and women that are serving in our military right now. I pray that you would protect them. I pray that you would help them, lead them, and guide them. If there are men and women that do not know you, God, I pray that you would make yourself known to them, Lord. In the name of Jesus, I pray. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. amen. Well, y'all, I am pumped. I don't know if you guys realize it yet, but I have not preached in two weeks. And I have not preached in two weeks, which means I am psyched to preach to you this morning. If y'all been here the last couple of weeks, then you know, two weeks ago for Mother's Day, my, my wife preached and she'd had a dynamite message about teachers. Last week, my dad preached and uh, he preached a message, um, kind of a standalone message. We watched it. We were actually, everybody thought I was on vacation. It was really funny. I wasn't actually on vacation. I was just skipping church and in Houston, y'all. Uh, so I was in Houston with my son. He was playing a basketball tournament in Houston and I have not made any of his tournaments for his AAU team. And I thought, you know what? I'm gonna go spend some time with my son this weekend. And so I spent the, spent the, uh, the weekend with my son as he was playing ball in Houston. Uh, I was really hoping they were going to win. They didn't win, but I was really hoping, you know, the one that I get to go to, can we, can we have some favor? Uh, but uh, anyways, they, they didn't win, but I didn't get kicked out of any games either. So that was good. Uh, yeah, thank you. So if you're a guest with us this morning, I want you to know it's an honor, whether you're in person or online, it is an honor to have you. Come on, Clausen family, can we show our guests some love this morning? And if you are a part of our online family, come on, can we show them some love this morning? We have people that attend Clawson in all kinds of states and actually now all kinds of countries, and we love you guys. We welcome you to service this morning. Um, well, if you're just joining us, we've been in a, a series of messages called The Gifts of God, and this is the longest series I've ever written, and I've really been enjoying it. How many of y'all have enjoyed it? Fantastic. So we've been in this series called The Gifts of God. Does anybody like gifts? Okay, God gave us lots of gifts, and so we broke this up. We had the gifts of the Father, the gifts of the Son, Jesus, and the gifts of now today. We're going to start the Holy Spirit, uh, but, but we had the gifts of the Father, which was life and creation and Jesus. The best gift that God the Father gave us, his name was Jesus. Somebody shout amen. amen. Then we had, over the last several weeks, we had the gifts of Jesus, and the memory verse for the gifts of Jesus, today is the last day that you can say the memory verse at the gift shop for the gifts of Jesus. It is Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 and 12. It says, now these are the gifts. Everybody say gifts. gifts. 
that Christ gave to the church, the apostles and prophets, evangelists, the pastors and the teachers, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. So these were the first five gifts that Jesus gave to the church, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. Over the past several weeks, we have defined the roles of those people. We have shared what the importance of them in the church is, that they are still for the church today. Somebody say amen. And we've talked about what those roles look like. And then today I'm going to talk about the last gift that Jesus gave to the church. And I have a memory verse for you. And um, so today's Pentecost Sunday. Everybody say Pentecost. Pentecost. If you don't have any idea what that means, at the end of service you will. Pentecost Sunday, it was the day that the Holy Spirit, that Jesus gave the gift of the Holy Spirit to the church. And this is the, the memory verse for the next three weeks. Luke chapter 3 and verse 16. It says, John answered their questions by saying, I baptize you with water, but someone who is coming soon, who is greater than I am, so much greater that I'm not even worthy to be, to be his slave and untie the straps of his sandals. He, everybody say he, he, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Okay, so let's see how good you guys are listening. Who is he in this scenario? Jesus, he, Jesus, will give you the gift of, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. The last gift that he gave us is the gift of the Holy Spirit. I want to pray this morning, and then we're going to dive in. Heavenly Father, God, I pray right now that you would prepare our hearts to receive, to hear, to get exactly what you have for us to receive and to get this morning. Father, I pray for those that need clarity when talking and thinking about the Holy Spirit, that they would get the clarity that they need. I pray if anyone have been apprehensive to receiving the Holy Spirit, Lord, that you would, you would give them the clarity that they need. Open our hearts, our minds, our eyes, and our ears to hear, to see, and to get, and to receive what you have for us today. In the name of Jesus, I pray. And everybody said? Amen. Okay, so we have the gifts of the Father, the best gift that he gave us was Jesus. We have the gift of Jesus. The best gift that Jesus gave us was the Holy Spirit. And then the next two weeks, we're gonna look at the gifts, nine gifts, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And then we're gonna look at the fruit of the Holy Spirit over the next two weeks. So you do not wanna miss those. Now, starting this message, I would like to take just a few minutes and acknowledge right off the bat that there's quite a bit of confusion when people think about or talk about the Holy Spirit. And everybody said? Amen. Some people view the Holy Spirit as like an object that we see or we feel like a dove or they actually just came out with a song called The Dove. We sang some of it this morning. Uh, I heard a message this past week from Don Cherie Wilkerson. It was called The Dove, welcoming the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is just doing some really cool things around the world. But we view him as like the dove or we view him as a mist or a fire or a vapor or something that is, is, is tangible that we can see sometimes. And so, um, um, but all through scripture, I wanna say to you that the reason probably that we view him that way is because so many times when the Holy Spirit descends to the earth, we see him come descending in some type of object. For example, when Jesus got baptized, the Bible says that as Jesus was baptized, the heavens opened up and the Holy Spirit descended to the earth, descended onto him and in the form of a dove. And so you might think of a dove when you think of the Holy Spirit. On the day of Pentecost, in Acts chapter 2, the Bible says, as they were all praying together, the, the, the sound of a rushing mighty wind came in, and then tongues of fire, can you imagine seeing this? Tongues of fire appeared on all of them, and boom, they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. So when people think of the Holy Spirit, they think of things like a dove, or they think, in fact, we got a, a, the, the Spirit takes the lead. We got a, a 
Well, I don't think that's a dove, but it's some kind of bird. And, uh, and so, so we have the dove, we have the mist, we have the fire. In all kinds of ways, we see, in fact, in, in Pentecostal history, we've seen things like a fog come in and a mist come in and, and different types of things. And so a lot of times people are confused because they think of the Holy Spirit as some form of an object. I want to I share with you this morning, the Holy Spirit is not an object. He's a he. It's not an it. He's a he. Somebody say Amen. Also, I want to acknowledge y'all in the Bible, um, or I want to acknowledge that some of you have probably seen or heard things in a service that have freaked you out. Anybody? Come on, y'all. I got some shy people. I have seen things in services that have freaked me out. And so sometimes when we see things in services, sometimes the Holy Spirit does some weird things. But sometimes things are manipulated to make it look like the Holy Spirit, and that freaks you out even more. Because then it leaves you wondering what the heck is real and what is not. Come on, y'all. I'm dealing with some stuff nobody wants to deal with. And when those type of things happen, what happens is in my spirit, I just begin to cringe. I just want to like ball up. If it, and y'all, can I be vulnerable with you this morning? It's happened here multiple times. Ouch. I, I, I'll be standing up here. And the Holy Spirit is moving. You can feel him moving. Everybody's getting emotional. And then all of a sudden, somebody gives like a word or they'll give a tongue. And I just know when they give it, like I begin to ball up. You know why I do that? I do that because now I am, I am over this church. And when things happen that are not right, I also have to deal with those things. Those things are not fun to deal with. You guys are quiet. Come on, y'all know y'all want that stuff to be talked about. When something happens that's manipulated to look like the Holy Spirit and it's not the Holy Spirit, that kind of thing needs to be called out. I will never forget, I was in a service one time. Anybody ever been in a service and somebody straight staged a move of the Spirit? Y'all, I was in a service one time, this is no lie. I actually was on staff at this church. I'm not going to get into where it was or whatever. But the, 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 he, they were wanting to get things moving, and they weren't moving. And so I'm like a couple rows back, just kind of chilling. I was the youth pastor there. And I was just praying. And I look up, and I'm watching the pastor. And the pastor turns, and he like gives a nod to one of the guys that's singing over here. And no kidding, the guy that's singing starts doing like this, this dance thing. And then he just, boom, takes off sprinting around the church. And he goes around one time. This, this church is a lot bigger than that one. He goes around one time. He'd have got tired in here. And then he goes around and starts his second time. And pastor comes up to the microphone and he says, ooh, y'all. And everybody starts getting crazy. Like all of them doing that. You know what I'm talking about? Doing like that dance thing. And uh, so all of them start doing that. And everybody come running up to the altar. And the pastor said, oh, the Holy Spirit's moving this morning. And I was sitting there thinking, are you freaking kidding me, dude? Like you, bro, you totally just gave him a sign. He totally just did something from that sign and you have now manipulated everyone in the whole room. Yo, that's dangerous. That's also power. I, I would go almost as far as to say that's satanic power. That's the wrong kind of power. And so because we see these types of things that take place, a lot of people don't want anything to do with the Holy Spirit. Amen? 
So it leaves so many people confused, making people cringe when you talk about the Holy Spirit. So my goal today, I ain't going to give nobody a sign. (laughs) My goal today is to give you clarity on this gift that Jesus has given us. Because I think a lot of times there's not a lot of clarity on that gift. We are going to have an altar call. I'm pumped about it. We have an altar call. It's Pentecost Sunday, y'all. And, and I'm believing God's going to do some cool things. But it's got to be real things. It can't be fake things. It can't be manipulated things. It's got to be real things. Somebody say amen. amen. And so, um, so I, I just, my goal is to give you clarity. If you have questions, take my number down real quick. 936-239-3228. 936-239-3228. If I do not answer questions that you have on the Holy Spirit, I would like to backtrack next week as I start and answer the questions. Because my goal right now, you cannot be open if you have questions that you have unanswered. And I'd like to answer those questions. So if you have questions, text. don't text them to me now. I'm going to try to answer them today. Text them to me after church. Everybody ready? All right. Listen, I'm I'm just going to be vulnerable with you. At this church, the Spirit takes the lead. You know what that means? That means we hunger and we want the Holy Spirit to move. We have no desire to grieve the Holy Spirit. We have no desire to stop the Holy Spirit. I would rather something happen that makes me cringe every great now and then, and then I have to deal with that in private or sometimes in public, then I would never have anything happen at all. Man, I was hoping to get a little bit more from that. I was hoping y'all was the same as me. I, I, I want the Holy Spirit to move. I hunger for the Holy Spirit. When I say the Spirit takes the lead, what I am saying as your pastor is he gets the agenda. It doesn't matter what agenda I have set. He gets the agenda, and we're going to go with whatever it is that he wants to do. So today is all about giving you clarity. Text me questions. Let's dive in. Y'all ready to dive in? Y'all making me nervous. Y'all are real quiet today. All right, here we go. Put write this down in your notes. Who is the Holy Spirit? Who is the Holy Spirit? I actually think there's a lot of confusion on this, so I'm hopefully going to give you some some clarity there. We have um, in the Bible, you can see the Trinity. The Trinity, the word Trinity is never actually used, but the Trinity is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. There's a lot of (laughs) jacked up teaching on the Trinity, and so I'm just going to give you a real simple way that you can understand the Trinity. Y'all ready? In the beginning... God said, let us make man in our image. Everybody say our. Okay, is our, English people, is our singular or plural? Okay, so plural. We have a God that is plural. When he says our image, he's talking about himself. Our, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. There is three persons that make up God. They are the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Actually, all of them have separate roles. That's how you can know they're completely different. The Father is our creator, and the Father is our judge. Everybody say creator and judge. Jesus was our and is our Savior, and Jesus is one day going to be king. And we can see all through Scripture where, where Jesus and the Father are separated. Okay? So you have, when Jesus gets baptized, the Father speaks down from heaven, and he says, This is my Son with which I am I am pleased. You have where Jesus says, I got to go back to my father and I'm going to be at his right hand. I'm going to sit on his right hand. He ain't sitting on his own right hand. 
Okay, he's, he's next to the father. And then he says, in fact, we're going to dig into this in just a minute. I might as well go ahead and read you the scripture, John 16, 7. He says, Jesus is talking to his disciples. He says, but in fact, it is best for you that I go away because if I don't go away, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. So Jesus is saying, I have to ascend back to heaven so that I can hang out with pops and I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. Yo, that's important. The Holy Spirit's role is to now stay on earth until Jesus comes back and to empower and to lead and to guide the people of God. And we're gonna, we're gonna dive into the roles of the Holy Spirit in just a few minutes. Let me make sure I covered everything I wanted to cover. Okay, so, um, y'all, the gift of the Holy Spirit was so important to the disciples that Jesus said, it would be better for you if I leave. Now, knowing who Jesus was it makes it, I almost want to argue that. Anybody else? Better if you leave. <laughs> Good joke. Uh, but the reason that he said that is because when we see him send the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit can do things that Jesus could not do because Jesus was in the flesh. Jesus was not in spirit form. Jesus was in the flesh form. Well, if I'm in flesh form, I can teach people, but I can only teach the people that are in this room. If I'm in spirit form, I can teach people all over the earth. So Jesus went to heaven to send the Holy Spirit so that we would now be empowered by the Holy Spirit. He now can lead and guide every single believer. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Or thank you, Lord Jesus. I forgot the Lord. Okay, so we're going to go over five roles real quick. Five roles real quick of the Holy Spirit. And, and, And I want you to write these down if you're taking notes. Role number one. Here we go. His first role is to draw all men to Jesus. Draw all men to Jesus. Uh, how many of you remember, like right before you got saved? How many of y'all have recently been saved, like in the last two years? Yeah, come on, give it up for him, church family. How many of y'all remember? I can still remember because I was anti-God and anti-Jesus, way anti-God, anti-Jesus, anti-church people before I got saved. And I can remember whenever I started thinking about giving my life to Jesus, there was something inside of me that was drawing me. There was something inside of me that was challenging me. There was something inside of me that was pushing me to try God. And as much as I didn't want to try God, I wanted to know, is there something to this? And so because there was something that was pushing me and drawing me, I decided to, draw, to try Jesus. And after I tried Jesus, now it's 2005, so however many years since 2005. I don't know how many years that is. Almost 20 years because we're in 2023. Almost 20 years now I've been following Jesus. I'll never go back. But the Holy Spirit did his job in my life. How many of you are thankful that the Holy Spirit did his job in your life of drawing you? Here's what the Bible says. The Bible says in John chapter 6 and verse 44, for no one can come to me, and this is Jesus is talking, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them to me. Y'all know how the Father draws people to him? Through the Holy Spirit. One version says, unless the Spirit draws, us to, draws them to me. So the, the Holy Spirit's very first role in our life is to draw all men to him. It's his role to come through, and when we're out in the, I call it in them streets, when we're out in them streets and we ain't following Jesus and he needs to pull us, it's the Holy Spirit's job to pull us to Jesus. I pray this morning 
that if you're not following Jesus, that right now in this place, he's doing that work in you. Right now, he's saying, listen, I know you got doubts. I know that you've had issues with church people in the past, but that's not Jesus. That's church people. But if you'll give me a chance and if you'll give me a try, I'll prove all of your thoughts that you have wrong. Come on, somebody shout amen. So the Holy Spirit's first role is to draw all men to him. Second role, number two, after we decide to begin to follow Jesus, number two, he begins to lead and guide us. Man, I love this. I love this. John chapter 16 and verse 13. It says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. Is anyone thankful that Jesus gave us the Holy Spirit so we could have a constant guide in our life? I have to leave in the morning to go to Branson, Missouri. And uh, when I leave, I'm going to pull my phone out and I'm going to type in Branson, Missouri, and I'm going to hit go. And it's going to tell me on my trip exactly all the turns that I need to make. And, and I pick fastest. Uh, so you hit fastest, the fastest way to get to Branson. Anybody else hit fastest? We going back. No tolls either. I don't want to go through the tolls. And so that, that's how I got it set up on mine. But listen, listen to me, y'all. When you become a Jesus freak, when you become a follower of Christ, he puts inside of us a spiritual GPS that when you take off on the journey of life, he is telling you if you will listen, stop, turn right. Don't do that. Go there. But you got to listen. But that's in his job description is to lead you and guide you. I'll never forget when my dad got saved. My dad got saved went out right before I was born. So I'm 36. My dad got saved 37 years ago when he got saved. He, he tells this story and he says he worked at a construction place. And so um, before he got saved, his vocabulary was a little different then after he got saved. Anybody else going to be, thank you. Thank you. Okay. So the, the day that he got saved, the next day he went to work and he said, I'll never, I'll never forget him telling the story. He said, I went to work and something was making me mad. And I turned and I was about to say a word maybe that I shouldn't have said. He said, something inside of me rose up and said, we don't say that anymore. And, and you know what he did? He stopped and he didn't say it. And from that moment on, he didn't say it anymore. Y'all know what that is? That is him listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit in his life. And when you listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit, he becomes your God. Somebody say amen. amen. Listen, have you ever been about to do something that you're not supposed to do? And something inside of you, kind of like what happened when my dad, just begins to rise up inside of you and go, stop. Anybody? Y'all know what that is? It's the voice of the Holy Spirit. Hey, let me ask you another question because he doesn't just lead and guide in things that we should and shouldn't do or sin or whatever. Have you ever been reading scripture and you're reading scripture and you're just kind of going through and then bam, like the scripture like jumps out at you. Anybody? Y'all know what that is? That's the Holy Spirit saying, hey bro, stop. Now I want you to take in that and I want you to begin to apply that to your life right now. Listen, somebody say, thank you, Holy Spirit. He, begin, he leads and he guides um, you ever been about to go somewhere or allow your kids to go somewhere? And I'm not talking about sin. I'm not talking about saying a bad word or doing something wrong. I mean, like this is not even necessarily something that's wrong, but you're about to do something or allow your kids to do something. And then all of a sudden when they're about to do it or you're about to do it, something rises up inside of you and says, no, don't do that. That's a bad idea. Anybody? 
You know what that is? That is the Holy Spirit. I remember we were going to go to Mexico a few years ago, and I've never had the Holy Spirit tell me you cannot go. And I just remember fighting with it and fighting with it. The next morning I come in, and one of my guys that was going to go says, I'm not going because I had this bad dream, and this is what happened. We decided not to go, and the, 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 oh, a van that looked exactly like our van got shot up on the road that we were going to be on. I believe that was the Holy Spirit. You know what he does? His job is to lead and direct and guide if you will allow him to. Hey, listen, I want to tell you this too. The Holy Spirit will never lead you wrong. Everybody say never. never. Listen to me, y'all. People will lead you wrong. Pastors will lead you wrong. Apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists will lead you wrong. Your flesh will lead you wrong. Your heart will lead you wrong. Your mind will lead you wrong. Matter of fact, the only thing that you got in your life besides the Bible that ain't going to lead you wrong ever is the Holy Spirit. He will never, ever, ever lead you wrong. And we're going to go over this in just a little bit, but here's something that you need to know. The more that you listen to and follow the direction of the Holy Spirit, the clearer and the louder that he gets in your life. When the Holy Spirit said, we don't say that anymore, if dad would have chose to say that anyways, it would have gotten lesser in his life because he chose the opposite. So the more that we listen and follow the direction of the Holy Spirit, the louder and the more clearly that he gets in our life. And let me just go ahead and say, if you don't follow the direction of the Holy Spirit, the less that you will be able to hear him in your life. Amen. So his job is to lead and to guide. Number three, his job, he frees us. Y'all, I'm so thankful. This is, this, there's a scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17. It says, for, where the spirit, for the Lord is spirit, and wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There's this old song we used to sing. I used to get real hyped in youth. I'm sure that like Wes and you guys, some of you guys will remember. But there's this old song. It said, where the spirit of the Lord is, and then the youth would just scream, there is freedom, Paul. Anybody remember that? Okay, y'all, y'all, we're going back to the old school days. Y'all ready? I'm about to sing where the Spirit... Actually, I'm just going to say where the Spirit of the Lord is. And if you believe it, I want to hear you scream it. There is free. Y'all ready? Okay, here we go. Where the Spirit of the Lord is... There is freedom! Yeah, baby! You guys are awesome. That's why I love my church family. Because I can be done with y'all and y'all love it. Listen, but the truth is, that's so true, y'all. There's freedom. There's freedom. The Spirit of God is in the room. When the Spirit of God is in a room, when the Spirit of God is living in you, there is freedom. Somebody shout amen. Listen, anybody in this place thankful for the freedom that we receive in the the Holy Spirit? Anybody ever been free from drugs? I heard some people. Anybody ever been freed from alcohol? Anybody ever been free from sexual addiction, depression, anxiety, worry? Anybody ever been free from the bondage of sin? Where the spirit of the Lord is, if we will allow him to. He's not going to force you to allow him to unlock our chains. But if you allow him to, he'll unlock the chains. Somebody say amen. Amen. Listen, let me tell you a cool testimony of freedom uh, how many of y'all were at our last miracle night? It was maybe four weeks, five weeks ago. Very cool story, y'all. I was at breakfast the other day. Actually, Nathan was with me. I was at breakfast with Nathan and Connor. And um, 
one of the pastors that was at our last miracle night, we had like eight pastors at our last miracle night. We had 344 people, most we've ever had at a miracle night. God was moving. It was, it was awesome. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. And so Lonnie runs up to me and he says, Pastor, I got to tell you something. And I was like, okay, cool. Tell me. I'm ready. And he said, I came to your last miracle night. And I said, yeah, I remember. He was sitting right, right here. He said, I brought a guy with me. And, uh, and, and, and the guy had just went to two different doctors. And both doctors told him that he had, now I'm going to get confused, prostate cancer. And so uh, he's got prostate cancer. I brought him so that we could pray for healing for his cancer. And I was like, dude, that's awesome. You should bring him next time. Keep bringing him. He said, well, I don't need to bring him now. And I was like, well, why not? And he said, because he went back to the doctors to start working on what treatment they were going to do. And there wasn't any cancer to start doing treatment on. Listen, y'all. I know sometimes we have a hard time believing this. But where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We do not have to walk in the things that we walk in sometimes. God's saying, if you will allow me to, I'll free you of it. He got freed of cancer. That is awesome. So he is, number one, his first role is he draws all men to him. Number two, he leads and guides. Number three, he frees us. Number four, he comforts and defends us. I love this. I want to read you a couple of scriptures. One I already read just because I want to go back to a word. John 16, 7 says, but in fact, it's best for you if I go away because if I don't, the advocate won't come. Well, then Jesus again in John 14, 26, he says, but when the father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything that I've told you. Now, I want us to focus right here on the word advocate. Everybody say advocate. Advocate is one who pleads another's cause or who helps another by defending or comforting them. Now, check this out, y'all. Our advocate helps defend us and our advocate helps comfort us. Anybody ever been in the midst of a battle with the enemy? Now, has anybody ever been in the midst of the battle and then all of a sudden, you were equipped either with the right scriptures for the battle, not, not as you're reading the Bible, like the Holy Spirit brought to your attention how it is that you need to fight at the time that you needed that to fight. Anybody ever had that happen? That is because he's our advocate who defends when the enemy is, is tormenting, when the enemy is coming against us. God has already equipped us to be able to fight the enemy through the word with the Holy Spirit living inside of us. Y'all, that's awesome. And then secondly, he comforts us. I don't know about you, but I can tell you time after time after time after time again that I have been in a rough place, either with worry or anxiety or depression or just in a bad place and either in the middle of a service or in the middle of my prayer time in my office or in the middle of just meditating in the word, the Holy Spirit, it's almost like he just comes into the room and just overwhelms you with comfort. Anybody ever felt that? Like he trades out your worry and your anxiety, maybe even your anger, and he replaces it with peace. Yo, that's a part of his job in our lives. Somebody say, thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And then the last role that I want to talk about, and I'm not going to stay here real long because I'm going to really tackle this next week because this is the one that kind of gets people most confused. His last role in our life is that he empowers us to be witnesses. Acts chapter one and verse eight, this was right before Pentecost happened. It says, but you will receive power 
when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, through Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Everybody say power. power. Listen, y'all. The Holy Spirit's last job is literally to empower the church. That's awesome. To empower us to do supernatural things. Jesus empowers us through the baptism of the Holy Spirit to do the work of the ministry, to be witnesses. And I think a lot of people get this thought process confused and we make it too complicated. Um, I, I just want to stop and I want to deal with something that I think I need to deal with. There's a difference between being sealed by the Holy Spirit and being filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay, so, so let me try to walk through this with you. The difference between being sealed by the Holy Spirit and being filled with the Holy Spirit. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 22, it says, who also has sealed us and given us the Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. When I got saved, when my dad got saved, we'll use him for an example because the next day he was not filled with the Holy Spirit on the day that he got saved, but he was sealed by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's now living in him. As his, he's guiding, he's leading. He's now leading, he's guiding, he's comforting, he's defending, uh, he's doing all of those other roles. He hasn't quite empowered yet, okay? This is why Jesus told his disciples to wait. Don't go start witnessing yet. Wait, I'm going to fill you with the baptism, the promise of the Holy Spirit. And so, uh, and we see all through, even after they begin to preach, when people receive Jesus, sometimes it was later on that they would be filled. Well, you've received the baptism of Jesus. Have you received the baptism of the Holy Spirit? And so there was multiple times that we see that take place. There's a difference. Being sealed by the Holy Spirit means that he, he now owns you. You are saved. You're on your way to heaven. You're going. He's leading. He's guiding. You are his people. Somebody shout Amen. amen. But then being filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit is, is God supernaturally empowering you for the work of the ministry. Okay? So that is the difference there that I wanted to make sure that I cover. Um, and so next week, I know we're not staying here long, and I'm sorry, I don't have a lot, a lot of time. Next week, we're going to deal with this whole being filled being empowered. There's one verse that I love. Paul says, stirring up the gifts of the Holy Spirit inside of you. We're going to talk about great faith and healing and, um, and, and miracles and discernment of spirits and uh, words of tongues and prophetic words. All of that we're going to talk about next week. You do not want to miss it. All that has to do with being filled and empowered by the Holy Spirit to do the supernatural work of the ministry. Somebody say amen. amen. Okay, so before I close this message... I have some questions that I want to deal with that for the sake of clarity, I told you this message is all about clarity. I want you to understand and get all of the questions that you have answered. So I, I want to deal with some questions that I hear a lot on talking about things with the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, all those kind of things. So question number one is, is this gift still for today? Now, the reason that I, I there's a lot of people, there's a lot of denominations of people that preach and teach that the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the supernatural empowerment, the, the, the gifts that Paul talks about was for the disciples for that day so that the work of Christ could be spread, but that it's no longer here today. And so I want to give you some clarity on that, okay? If you have your Bible, you can turn with me to Acts chapter 2, and I want to read. Now, this is the same chapter that Pentecost happened in. 
same, same exact time frame right there. And here is Acts chapter 2, verse 39. It says, this promise, now when he's saying this promise, he's referring to the baptism of the Holy Spirit, what just happened. The thing that just took place, this promise is to you, to your children, to those far away, and to all who have been called by the Lord our God. Okay, it's not real confusing. Anybody confused by that verse? Not real confusing. That is to, I've given you this gift. Jesus has went back to heaven. He has sent the Holy Spirit. And until he comes back, you now have the gift of the Holy Spirit to lead and guide and empower you to, to do the work of the ministry, to do what Jesus has called you to do. Who is it to? It is for all who have been called by the Lord our God. Okay, I want to read one more verse just for the sake of clarity. Acts chapter 2, same chapter, verse 17. In the last days, okay, I refer to the last days as any time after Jesus, okay? Any time after Jesus, in the last days. In the last days from Jesus on, here's what he says. I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Listen, those things could not be happening if the church is not filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit in the last days. So there's, there's a teaching that it is not for today. That teaching, according to the word of God, is inaccurate because we can see here when he pours out the Holy Spirit, it is for today. Everybody understand? Okay, okay. So number two, <laughs> am I going to hell if I'm not filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Or you could say, if I don't speak in tongues. Am I going to hell if I am not filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit and I'm not speaking in tongues. I had somebody ask me that last week. That's why I wanted to deal with it. I thought, well, shoot, if somebody's asking me that right now, I might as well deal with it. Y'all, I want to say, there is, there's a whole denomination that teaches if you don't speak in tongues, you're going to burn in hell. I, I was visiting with a buddy the other day. He said his friend literally had a full-blown life transformation full-blown, is following Jesus with everything. He's in this faith, and, and so, and, and he says to my buddy, well, one day I'm, I'm gonna be able to speak in tongues. And he said, he, they were having this conversation, he said, so do you not think that you're saved? And he was like, no, I'm not saved yet. Dude is confused. I'm not saved yet. Why? Because you haven't spoken tongues? I'm not saved because I haven't spoken tongues. So if you believe, if you died today, that you would go to hell? Yes. He's had a full-blown life transformation. God is leading and God, he is not the same person. Jesus said, I'll make you into a new creation. Somebody is confusing this man. He's, they're trying to force him into, honestly, sometimes when you don't speak in tongues, people will force you into a place where you feel like, if I don't speak in tongues, anybody ever been there? Like, I'm a failure. That's what they're doing is making you feel like a failure if you don't speak in tongues. There is no biblical grounds at all for that argument. Zero, y'all. In fact, there's biblical grounds to go against that argument. Think about the thief on the cross. Did that dude speak in tongues? No. What did Jesus say to him? Hey, bro, at the end of the day, you're going to be with me in paradise. Hey, I thought about this. I would love to have this argument with one of them because what about someone that's mute? Like they can't go to heaven because they can't talk? Come on, man. Think about how dumb that is. So there's no biblical grounds 
for an argument. If somebody tells you that you're not going to heaven because you haven't spoken tongues, you don't even need to argue. Just know they're confused. Amen. And then the last thing that I want to deal with this morning is what does it mean to grieve the Holy Spirit? What does it mean to grieve the Holy Spirit? There's a scripture um, in Ephesians chapter four and verse 30. It says, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. I'm going to put it really simple for you. Grieving the Holy Spirit is when the Holy Spirit is trying to do a work in you, either lead you or guide you or even comfort you, if he's trying to do a work in you and you ignore and don't listen and go the route that he's leading, that is what grieving the Holy Spirit is. If the Holy Spirit is trying to do something in this room and Josh, as the leader of this church, shuts down what the Holy Spirit is doing, that is Josh grieving the Holy Spirit. And here's what you need to know about grieving the Holy Spirit. I was talking about my dad earlier, and if he would not have listened, then the voice of the Holy Spirit would have got a lot quieter in his life. When you grieve the Holy Spirit and you're not listening to him as he's leading you, as he's guiding you, as he's empowering you, when you grieve the Holy Spirit, what happens is, is he begins, he doesn't force you to do anything. The Holy Spirit's a gentleman. He doesn't force you to do anything. But when you choose not to do what he's telling you to do, he just pulls away. And so what happens is when you get saved, like he's right there on your corner. And when you listen to him, it gets better and it gets better and it gets better. But if you decide you don't want to listen to him, hey, I'm not going to force you to do it. Kind of like with a parent with a kid. When you tell that kid and you tell that kid and you tell that kid and they're older, they can make their own choice. Hey, fine. This is what I tell my kids. I'm not going to bless you. You live the life that you want. I'm not going to tell you what to do. I can't make you. You're 18. I'm not going to bless you. God told Israel, if you do this, I'll bless you. You don't live that way. I'm not going to bless you. I just tell my kids, I'm not going to bless you. Holy Spirit, here's what he does. I'm not going to lead you to him. If you're not going to listen to me, I can't do my job. And so here's the challenge for us. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. You're not allow we, so I'm not, not throwing darts. We are not allowing him to do his job when he grieve him, when we grieve him and we don't listen to him. Would you stand with me this morning? I want to ask our worship team to come and, and help me this morning. So next week, we're going to talk about the baptism in the Holy Spirit a little bit more. Um, and then we're going to dig into the gifts of the Holy Spirit, which really have to do with being empowered and baptized. Uh, if there was anything that I did not cover that you would like me to cover, send me a text. Uh, actually, if you could do it sometime today or tomorrow, because I'm going to be writing most of the message for next week, today, and tomorrow. Uh, send me a text. But here's what I want to do this morning. I want to close out with two questions for you. And, and I want you to just allow the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you in these two questions. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Altar team, as I'm getting ready to ask these questions, would you guys step out and come to the front? I have two questions for you. Question number one is this. Every head bowed and every eye closed. How long has it been since you've allowed the Holy Spirit to do a new work in you? Are you hearing him 
the same or better than the day that you got saved? Are you allowing him to lead and guide and empower you? How long has it been since you've allowed the Holy Spirit to do a new work in you, to free you in a way that you've never been freed, to lead you, to guide you, to give you direction? How long has it been? And then question number two, with every head bowed and every eye closed, have you limited what the Holy Spirit can do with you and in you? because of your thoughts on him in the past. Number one, how long has it been since you've allowed him to do a new work in you? Number two, have you limited the work of the Holy Spirit, what he can do in you because of your mind? I believe this morning the Holy Spirit wants to do a new work inside of us. I believe this morning he wants to lead some people. He wants to guide some people. He wants to comfort some people. He wants to defend some people. He wants to free some people, and he wants to empower some people. But it's up to you. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here this morning and you need the Holy Spirit to do a work in you. Maybe you just need a new filling, a new anointing. Maybe you need him to lead and guide and comfort and defend and empower. If you're here this morning and you need him to do a new work in you, every head bowed and every head closed, if you're here this morning and you're, when, when I talked about his job of, 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 of pulling us and drawing us to him, if you're here this morning and you have not been following God and right now the Holy Spirit is saying, bro, give him a chance. And he's pulling on your heart and he's tugging on your heart and you know it's him and you know you need to give your life to Jesus or if you're here this morning and you want to be filled and empowered with every head bowed and every head closed as we begin to sing this song. Do not allow Satan to stop you 